What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got it. (laughs) That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to episode number 106 of the DC Crossover. I am Ben Simpson. That is Mike Cerrone on opening Day. Actually, one of the best weeks in sports right now because you have opening day and the Masters all in the same week. And it the is national Michael Spring too. break and the national championship. And it's Michael Spring break. So you know he's eating and drinking well. And uh, <laughs> yes, uh, we're going to have well, some well. fun for sure this week. Um, right at the top of the show, we got to remind you all the places to find us. Obviously, you found us somehow. But. Uh, Please follow the show on the, on the Contender app. It's Contender with a K. Go download that app. It's completely free, easy to download, and consume our content as well as the other shows. Uh, obviously, subscribe to the show. And one of the newest features that's been a lot of fun is the TikTok, uh, which has been pulling in some nice numbers. We've been putting up clips of the show. Mike's been running the TikTok, and uh, it seems to be going pretty well, Mike, especially you know, just as guys that just are putting out some videos of their show. I mean, I, I see some numbies. I see some numbies, Mike. The numbies. The numbies <laughs> are there. Um, I was surprised you said numbers earlier because uh, numbies is like your new thing. That's true. That's what um, it is. I'm shocked. Uh, but, yeah, we actually have a, a, a decent amount of views. And, obviously, I think – I honestly think that followers are kind of – kind of go by the wayside when it comes to TikTok, mainly because of the sole fact that when you start following somebody – their videos come up a ton on your right. for you page and stuff like that, which kind of like, you know, dilutes what you want to see. It dilutes what you actually get to see as well. So I think that followers kind of don't really mean too much, uh, but definitely go follow us on TikTok. If you have a TikTok, 
right. D- at DC underscore crossover underscore podcast. I will change that after like 26 days or whatever it does to allow <laughs> me uh, to do that. Um, and the weird thing is you can't, uh, you know, add links and stuff like that, which makes Maybe no sense. Maybe you have to get bigger. Maybe you have to get f- more famous or something. I don't, I don't know. Because we have like, you know, we have the Instagram. That's n- not really what we use as much. Uh, you know, we have a couple other things uh, posted on there uh, for links and stuff like that. But it's just like, wouldn't you think that they would have like a Spotify link or this link and just like add everything to it? But apparently they don't. So uh, we definitely have some numbies, as Ben said. Um, our biggest one has almost a thousand views, which is cool as well. So we're trying to keep it um, mainly, uh, you know, fun based, kind of like a mix of funny things and sports things and different things like that. I have one of the drafts. Uh, have one in my drafts right now, I should say, um, that I'll probably post uh, maybe another time this week or something like that. But obviously, we're going to try to keep it more updated and have the hashtags that are more relevant and everything like that. If you go and look at them right now, obviously, you might see some of the episodes that are kind of all over the place, mainly because we just got the show uh, on TikTok, and we're trying to add some of the other things that are uh, have been funny and stuff like that over the last couple months. But definitely go check out the TikTok. Doing some numbies at DC underscore yes. crossover underscore podcast. Yeah, and it's just fun clips, and you know Mike does a great job with those, and uh, we'll definitely be doing them from from now on, and especially when we start doing some drafts in the summertime when sports kind of slows down a little bit, we'll be doing uh, plenty of uh, plenty of TikToks for that. Might we do a live be... or something too, as well. Yeah, we could do a live for sure. Uh, one thing you will not see Mike and I do is like weird bits on TikTok. We're just going to take clips from our show. We're not going to do any weird like you know, impressions of guys or something like that. That's that's just not going to be something that we do. You may get that content in, in some other avenues. I'm not saying anything specifically. I'm just saying there's some weird bits out there, right, especially in the right. sports world, for sure, for some of the other stuff I've been seeing. Uh, there's some, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. We won't be it's doing any thirst traps. There's no thirst traps. No, out, no. So. I know the, the fans... <laughs> The fans are upset about that. I know they want the thirst traps, but no, we will oh, not yeah. be doing that. Um, a lot to get to on the show, Mike, but uh, especially with baseball, we're going to do some season preview stuff. Um, there's a couple commander stories. We may touch on some of it today. We may save some for next week. Um, obviously, the national championship game is tonight, Masters week. It's just it's just nuts. Um, but I did want to just quickly ask, as far as uh, spring break goes, um, as your as your spring break week has started now, um, it really it started I guess on you know what Friday or whatever. Yep. But yep. Um, now you're hitting spring break week. Is there anything in particular that you're gonna gorge yourself on food wise or drink wise this week that you're planning? Not really any gorging of food, uh, specific foods I should say, but more so. Just kind of like just drinking a little bit, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I, I was the weather, you know. Yeah, well, the, well, the weather kind of this weather's week is actually kinda... supposed to be bad this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah it's That's great. Uh, and and j- just the entire uh, weekend itself is kind of unfortunate uh, because of the weather. Because I wanted to go play a couple rounds of golf right, and do different right. things like that, uh, but you know, it's just not going to happen. So I just said, you know what, I'm just going to stick to the alcohol. Um, right. And, hey, at uh, least there's going to be a lot of sports on TV to watch inside. Exactly. You know? Exactly. We got the national championship tonight as we record this on Monday. Uh, we also got the Masters started on Thursday, which I'll be throwing a few uh, numbies of dollars sure, on sure. there. Uh, and bucks. also, and, yeah, a few bucks. Uh, and uh, yeah, we also have a few other things going on like opening day. So uh, we'll see our Nats play 
Uh, well, maybe if you go somewhere that they actually have it on the TV because Masson is only on cable, which you guys have heard us at home talk about <laughs> right, millions right, of times. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be more of a chill week. Um, you know, I'm going to be really busy the following weeks after uh, th- this week is concluded. Um, have some birthday parties to go to and different things like that. So uh, it's, it's a bunch of different things that are going to be going on. So I need to prepare. So I need to a make sure week to relax. Exactly. You know? I'm going perfect bowling on Wednesday. Bowling on Wednesday. Bowling. Yeah. Big Mike bowling. It's one of those weird uh, weeks where you're like, you feel like you're back in summertime, like you're as a kid, and you're like, yeah. I can actually go bowling on a Tuesday, and it costs like two dollars. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, stuff yeah. like that. So it's just uh, it's gonna be a chill week, but we are doing some things. Me and my girlfriend are doing a few different things. Not too crazy. Um, but have you ever been to Patriots? The bar and grill, Patriots Pub. Yeah, yeah. Patriots Pub. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, went went yesterday. Uh, it's probably the third <laughs> time I've gone, and uh, man, those bartenders are wild. I'll tell you that. I mean, geez, <laughs> yeah. Louise. It's an interesting spot. It's uh, it's it's a weird. It's not your average place, you know. Like it's a little <laughs> yeah. more. What do we say? Like a little lower rent? I don't know. It, it's just it's a weird spot. Oh, my it's a, God. There's well, some characters there. The bartender was like sitting there, and she was like screaming and, and yelling and doing. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like, not, 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 the, not the best scene, honestly. We're like, I ask you because obviously you're a George yeah, Mason yeah. Uh, grad, but that's the funny thing is that literally we went in there, and I held the door for this one lady, and she's like, where are you guys going to sit? And I had this like kind of like kind of oh, no. scroggy voice, if that's even a word, scroggy. Right, right. And she was like, where you go- voice, "Yeah, yeah. Where are you guys gonna sit?" And I was yeah. like, oh, "We just walked in. I haven't even looked at the, the lay of the land here." And then she's like, "Well, I would choose over there. That's where the fun section is." Oh, that's like, when you know that's exactly <laughs> the opposite of where I'm. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, "Okay." And uh, you know, lucky for her, we had to sit there because there was there was only one seat separating. It was like a it was popping yesterday for some reason, but there was only like one seat in between certain people. I mean, my girlfriend were there, so obviously we had to sit there. And that's where like the, the fun section, yeah, the fun section where they had the cash out uh, or the little uh, the tablet thing that they were cashing out people on and stuff like that. So yeah, the bartender sitting right there and she was yelling and something. I'm like, my ears are ringing. It was a weird oh, experience at the <laughs> Patriots pub, man. I tell you, and I'm that, just yeah, it was bad. Yeah. We're, we're texting each other saying, man, this lady, is she pregnant? Because she's like sitting there like slugging down like shots, but then she has like a baby bump kind of thing. And I'm not trying to make fun of her, right, but it's right, like, right. but it's like, you know, it was just, it was a weird, man. It's a like, weird place. She's no, talking to Armando. A, oh, it was weird, man. You would have a weird <laughs> afternoon. You go to Patriots Pub in Fairfax. You're, you're, you're going to see some things. You're it's, it's, oh, we saw them. It's not a relaxing, not a relaxing experience to say the least. Yeah. Um, we have so much to get to, so let's just get into it here. First off, we hit up the rewind machine. A quick chance to kind of recap the previous week in DC sports, just in case you missed some things along the way. Uh, nothing really to talk about in Commander's Land yet. Again, we have some stuff that maybe we'll mention later in the show. Obviously, some quotes out there and some reports out there. Not enough to talk about in the rewind. Uh, so let's just dive right into the Caps, Mike, and, and their uh, couple games this week. Not not a whole lot of hockey this week for them. So the Caps only had two games this week, 37-22, and 10 is their record. Fourth in the Metro right now, second in the wild card with 13 games to go. But they're not really playing too many games because they're a few games ahead of everybody else um, that got canceled because of certain reasons like COVID or different things early in the season. But Monday, 
horrible loss of the Hurricanes. I took the Caps at plus one and a half uh, and uh, kind of bit me right in the butt. Uh, pretty pretty early there, Ben. I saw that yeah. one as a loss in our picks really quickly because the sole fact that the Caps were down like five to one Got heading smoked. to the third. Got smoked six to one. Tom Wilson and Brendan Smith fought. Uh, it could be a sign of things to come in the playoffs, possibly if they end up matching up. Uh, Vitek Vanacek struggling as of late, which is pretty bad because two weeks ago I was praising him and uh, he was pulled to start the third period in that one with allowing five goals and 23 shots. And then like a five-day break, they go into the game against Minnesota, and mm. they were down 2 nothing in a matter of three minutes or so. It kind of remin- <laughs> it goes back to that Oilers game about maybe like a month and a half ago where they were down 2 nothing in a matter of two minutes as well. So that was not good because Van- Vanacek allowed four goals and 18 shots. So right there, that's literally nine goals and like 50 shots for Vanacek, which is not good whatsoever. No, uh, no. And, and the Caps right now, seven points behind Boston, 11 points up on the Islanders. So... They're, they're pretty much safe, you could say, for the most part, for the playoffs, uh, unless they have a mental collapse and, uh, and, and a, a huge breakdown. Uh, but at the same time, you have to hope that uh, they kind of get on fire here maybe in the last five or six games, and maybe VTech comes out of his slump because overall this is not a good sign this whole entire week. Yeah, not uh, not a great week for, for Caps fans at all. Uh, just – a lot of goals on the other side. <laughs> That's uh, all you can say. A lot of goals. <laughs> the Wizards, meanwhile, a team that is certainly not making the playoffs. The Wizards did play four games this week, and they've got four games left in their regular season. Currently 12th place in the East at 34-44. and 44. Tuesday, lost to the Bulls. Shout out Pat the Designer. 107-94. Rui with 21 points. KCP with 20. Denny uh, put up 14. But, yeah, not, not a great game there. Lost there. And then a ba- nice little stretch here for the Wiz. Uh, Wednesday beating the Magic 127-110. Uh, Thomas Sadoransky, our old pal, who's back at DC now, uh, had a double-double with no baskets. 13 assists and 10 rebounds. That's pretty impressive. You, you, you don't score at all, but you still get a double-double, which is Did, Didn't crazy. he only shoot one field goal attempt? I think so. Something like that. It was <laughs> 0 <nuts>. for 1. <laughs> which is crazy for a team like the Wizards where they stink, so it's like you might as well take your shots. Right, uh, right. KP scored 35 in this one. KCP with 25. Rui and Gafford, 17 each. Friday kept the good things going, beating the Mavs, 135-103, the KP revenge game. 24 and 9 in this one. Uh, KCP, who's just been going bonkers. I mean, he put up 35 in this one. He's been scoring a ton. Where was this earlier in the year? I ask. Rui, 21 points. Fourth win in five games for the Wiz Kids. Kind of a uh, little too little too late, if you ask me. Right. And then Sunday, getting uh, it, all the good feelings ended, getting just smoked by Boston, 144 102. <laughs> I mean, you give up 144 points. It's like, what are you even doing in the league? KCP and KP each with 17 points ish with 16. Uh, so in a two and two week for the Wiz Kids. And then last but not least, DC United, uh, after the couple weeks off because of the international break, uh, they come back and they throw a stinker up to Atlanta. Uh, one nothing. Uh, DC loses. Marcelino Moreno scores in stoppage time for Atlanta. I watched this whole stupid game, all 95 minutes of it or whatever. It was 0-0. Nothing worse. And I like soccer. I know you like soccer too. But there's nothing worse than watching a 0-0 game that where just no goals happen. It ends in a draw or something like that. Now, this one didn't. Of course, DC United gives up a goal in the 95th minute uh, and loses to Atlanta um, and to, for the third straight loss. But that is where soccer loses me is the fact that a game can end 
when zero, n- neither team scores a single goal, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I think that uh, soccer, for the most part, when it comes down to, I believe, and now I don't know the exact numbers, but I believe that when it comes down to, like, MLS, even though they are lesser skilled players than people that are in, you know, the the Champions League year in and year out, all those clubs, you know, the, the Spanish clubs, the English clubs, all those kind of clubs. Right. But... I just think that when it comes down to soccer in general, it's it's going to be something that's going to be. I mean, it, it, they can't change it. That's that's my first thought was like, are yeah, I don't gonna... have a solution for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I, just, I can't it's... take a zero zero draw. It's just it's so boring. Yeah, because I, I was I was thinking like, do they if they have a zero zero draw, do they have a shootout to you know to yeah. you know and have and have like a similar situation kind of like hockey where hockey has that they give you a point right. you get to right. overtime and you t- you get to the shootout I don't know do something like that that would be kind of cool uh, just so you know you would have those type of situations but you know draws for me are just they're kind of weak honestly I I don't I'm not a big fan of draws that's why I do like my favorite is the Champions League obviously uh, because I like their system their setup and everything like that uh, but these are obviously leagues. Um, it's it, that, you know, have seasons, they have to have standings and all that kind of stuff. It's not just a tournament, but I don't know, man. I just think, I think you that do w- three points for a win, two points for a draw. That is you at least score a goal in at least a goal. And then one point uh, or no points. If you, if it's a zero, zero draw, you don't, you, you got to give them at least one point, I guess, cause you didn't technically lose, but maybe set it up something. I mean, just something to incentivize a little bit more because yeah, I mean, yes, it was an exciting game and you know, DC United played pretty well for a lot of it. They had a couple opportunities, but it just doesn't feel right to have a zero, zero draw. Like it just doesn't feel right as a sports fan to be like, well, what was the, what was the score? Zero, zero. Who won? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, won. But I, I think that the golden goal would not be plausible mainly because right what if that game goes what if they have a game yeah like you can't do the two days goal. you can't do golden goal in that situation but i think i'm fine with know, the shootout I, I do like the situation that you just said if you win in regulation you get mm-hmm. i mean you know and obviously extra time and stuff like that if you win in regulation you get three points if you yeah. lose you get zero right if you if, if you win in uh you know if you get the goal in extra time or whatever you know, then you get two points. I mean, obviously, it's a big equation here. But right, then right. If, if you go into a shootout, then each team gets one point. The team that wins a shootout gets an extra point. So they get two. Yeah. So exactly. something like that. That would, be, that would make it more fun. So it's kind of, that's why I like hockey because, yes. you know, if you make it overtime, it's not the end of the world. Okay? Because if you do lose, which some some teams, like the Caps were early on, they suck at shootouts. So all of a sudden, they were, they were getting points, uh, which is not bad. It's not hurting them, but they weren't getting that extra point. Uh, so I don't know. I think, I think that would be nice to see something like that, but zero zeros are definitely buzz kills. <laughs> it really is. And now DC United has lost three games in a row. So it was like, after I was bragging about their hot start when mm-hmm. they won those two games, they've lost three straight. So, right, right. uh, up and down season so far through the first five for DC United, but Hey, still fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, hey, I'll, I'll still watch all their games. Uh, and then when it comes to the Commanders, we're not going to spend a lot of time in this just because there's so much baseball I want to talk about. Um, but I, I, we, we obviously would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that there's this front office sports report, Mike, that revealed that at least one person gave information in recent weeks to congressional investigators that alleges the Commanders, a.k.a. Dan Snyder, didn't pass along the full 40% uh, which teams are required to pass along 
forty uh, percent of their revenue from each home game to the rest of the league, and then those funds get dispersed. and And basically, the uh, the allegation is that the Commanders didn't do that and and kept money that was supposed to go to the league and other teams, obviously. and And that's an issue <laughs> if you're if you're hiding money from the other teams. I think there's still going to be a lot of details to come out with this, but my only take on it so far is, Mike, and I'm seeing a lot of this uh, being discussed on Twitter, is I'm still in this mindset that no matter what happens, I don't think Dan Snyder will ever be removed from this team without him deciding it himself. And no matter what allegations you can throw at him and what reports you can throw at him, I mean, he's had everything being thrown at him year after right, year right. after year. I feel like this guy is still untouchable. And so I'm not holding out any sort of hope that this is going to be the final straw and the rest of the league's going to vote him out or anything like that. I think he has friends in high places, and I think there's a reason why he's still been able to sustain ownership through all this craziness. And I don't think this is going to be the nail in the coffin. That's just my opinion. Think about all the, I think they're metaphors, I guess you can call them, uh, about, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back, you know, the cat that has nine lives, like that kind of right. stuff. That is Dan Snyder in this situation. Yeah. yeah. There are infinite amount of straws for him that are not like, you know, racist comments like Donald Sterling and everything like that, mm -hmm. or uh, a certain, you know, uh, you know, a rape allegation or something like right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Something Any like that. Big ones. Yeah, yeah. That's like something that's like, you know, you could go to prison for that, those kind of things. Right. Uh, and, and different things of that nature. But this guy is literally Garfield and he has a million lives instead yeah, of just nine. Which you're looking at it that this is kind of like a situation that is a corrupt situation because of the sole fact that the owners don't want to mess with any other owners because everyone has something shady. Everyone has a skeleton in their closet to the point that you don't want it to get aired out because if you go against this guy, that yeah. guy's going to go against you because that's his buddy. Or when, this when there's this much wealth involved, there's there's always shady things happening, it seems right. like. Right. You know. and, and in this situation where you see the decline of the former Redskins, the WFT, and now the Commanders, I don't think that this is completely out of the question. Now, do I like Dan Snyder? No. So I might have a little bit biased in that situation. Right. But when it comes down to this type of situation and you see the decline of the roller coaster that is the Redskins, the WFT, and also the Commanders, from the decline of the death of Sean Taylor and then from then on pretty much where kind of we lost one of our first round picks and different things of that nature and then we got penalized with cap penalties or this or that all that kind of stuff that's been going on and then all of a sudden you got the cheerleader situation you got uh, you know these players coming out the RG3 situation where he wants to write a book and then all of a sudden the book's not coming out all these yeah, different things one of the weirdest stories yeah weird, really weird <laughs> but you see all these different things do you really think that this this situation yeah, is right. not plausible that he is maybe cooking the books or fudging the numbers a little bit so he can try to not lose that much money. The thing about it is, is there was a reason that our 92,000 seat stadium FedEx field, which at one point was the largest stadium in the entire United States and everything like that. Okay. I think it was 92,000 was starting to cover up all the seats because FedEx field is a garbage piece of crap and then all of a sudden, no one was coming to the game, so he had to cover the seats up with with Budweiser, you know, ads and and uh, and, and I don't even know what the other companies are, uh, you know, all these different ads right. out there that were covering all these seats, and then from above, it looked like crap, and that's the <laughs> yeah. biggest thing. Do you think that he's not fudging the numbers? I bet he is to get oh, every single piece of pennies that he can, because the sole fact that he is right now 
in a huge decline with this team. And yeah, he can sit there and say, you know, winning's going to prove everything. You know, I have my Letterman jacket. Like, y- y- no one cares. No He's one a cares. Clown. Everyone, He's a clown. everyone knows and everyone sees that you are a clown, Dan Snyder. And everyone in the front offices, all the owners, really see it down deep. But it's going to take 24 of them to say, hit the road, Jack, and don't come back because of the sole fact that when you're looking at this team, it's an embarrassment to the league. Everything is coming out, snowballing, snowballing, snowballing. One domino falls, all the rest of them do. And right now, this team is in shambles, and I'm not surprised a report like this came out. Yeah, we're not surprised at all. And and I also, again, wouldn't be surprised if he's still the owner at, at, You know, when all things are said and done. For, for, sure, for, for the, sure. For the immediate future. So we'll keep an eye on this uh, moving forward as more details come out. I mean, there's still this congressional investigation and all this other stuff. So it's like there's not – it's all – a lot of it's pretty boring to – like sit here and talk about and go through so we're not going to spend a ton of time of it i know we we, trust me we know it's important we know if you're a commander's fan like you're interested in this but it's just like it's it's just not there's not enough yet for us to talk about so we're not going to spend that much time you can go listen to other shows who want to spend three hours talking about congressional reports not enough juice to squeeze in this instance yeah exactly we're going to talk about more fun things well i don't know i don't know if this (laughs) is fun walk back back Not exactly a fun subject. <laughs> Not this year. Not this year. The Washington Nationals. Uh, we're going to do a little season preview. We talked a little bit about this last week. Like, we're not going to necessarily go, like, position by position and stuff, but I just wanted to kind of do a little kind of overview and take a look at the predicted standings and then uh, hit up our crystal ball um, like we did for the Washington football team, now the Commanders, uh, which a lot of our predictions, like, stunk because all these guys kept getting hurt, and it was, like, all based <laughs> around, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Curtis Samuel and, like, Chase all these Young. guys. And, then, and, like, and Chase Young, exactly. And so it was like, all right, well, none of these worked out. But maybe these will. I've got some... Uh, uh, some over-unders and things like that to look at. Uh, but first, just uh, kind of notes to, to start things off. Obviously, with Strasburg still being hurt, uh, Patrick Corbin will be the opening day starter on Thursday. Um, and uh, that's obviously, you know, he's kind of our ace right now with Strasburg being on the shelf. Um, so he will be representing the Nationals on opening day. And, if, and looking at the lineup right now, um, as far as the latest iteration of it, um, you know, theoretically, you've got Cesar Hernandez at second base. Uh, excuse me, my phone was ringing. Cesar Hernandez at second base, Juan Soto in right field, Nelson Cruz at DH, Josh Bell at first, Kiebert Ruiz at catcher, Lane Thomas left field, shortstop Alcides Escobar, third base Mikel Franco, and center field our pal Victor Robles. Um, a couple uh, notable bench guys. I mean, Riley Adams, we saw him last year, another young guy, catcher. Uh, here, Adrianza, who they acquired in the offseason, is actually maybe hurt to start the year. They're still trying to figure that out. So he may be on the IL, which means Lucius Fox, the 24-year-old uh, utility guy, um, who played today? He might be in the lineup, and then you got D. Strange Gordon, who was raking all spring training, and he earned himself a spot on this team. And Yadiel Hernandez. So wasn't wasn't Lucius Fox also a, uh, a, a an acting character? An acting character. It sounds like a movie villain. It's I, I believe Lucius Fox was the uh, helper and former and former CEO of Wayne Enterprises. Oh yes, it was because that was played by um, Morgan Freeman, right? I was tr- I was yes. trying to keep it coy to so see if you would know what I'm talking about. Oh I'm yeah, yeah, you didn't yeah. at first. 
Yeah, yeah. It slipped my mind. But yeah, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, this is the other Lucius, Lucius Fox. This is the other. This is not Morgan Freeman playing Lucius Fox, playing <laughs> a, a, an MLB player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, uh, this is going to be bad. This is going to be a rough season uh, for this team. Um, we're going to try to find the bright spots. But look, I think, and this is where Twitter, some Twitter conversations can get on my nerves is because you'll have, and we, we, and you and I, we, we, we ragged on the fan base on Twitter a lot last year as far as, you know, how they reacted to the trades and the blow up and all that stuff. And this is going to be one of those seasons where I think you're going to have people who like refuse to be negative, even though this is going to be a terrible team. Right. And it's like, I think it's okay to be negative a little bit. And when things are bad and then, you know, but be sure to point out when things are good. And so I think this is going to be one of those seasons where, yeah, is Alcides Escobar a great shortstop option for us? No, the guy's 108. Um, he's cer- certainly not Trey Turner, so that's bad. But do we still have Juan Soto, one of the greatest hitters in Major League Baseball? That's good. That's Yeah, so I think you and I are going to be realistic about this team this year. Um, and the reality of this team is they're bad. I mean, this is not a good baseball team. I mean, look at this lineup, Mike. This would be good maybe five years ago, some of these guys. Um, I mean, Mikel Franco for years was the Phillies starting third baseman, power spot, and then he's really fallen off. Cesar Hernandez has been around for a while. Obviously, Nelson Cruz has been around for a while. Josh <laughs> Bell, you know. Uh, I mean, th- these, this, this, is a, this is a rough lineup, Mike. The biggest thing when it comes to this lineup, and I've said it many times over the last – she's probably over the last – year and a half maybe ever since the middle of last season that when they started selling off players don't get your hopes up because this is not a team that has been in this situation before if you want to look at a situation similar to this is when the team got basically moved back to dc back in 2005 and they were playing in the concrete jungle that is rfk stadium right the the biggest thing about it is that you have to look at this team and think I want to root for the team, but I also want to root for the guys that might be on the team in two and a half years, three years, whatever it is down the road. Do I want Nelson Cruz to go ham and just hit 17, 18 bombs like Kyle Schwarber did last year? Yes, because then we'll give him to somebody else and they can take him and then we'll take their prospects. Sure. The problem is, is that, again, this is a fan base. This is a city that you know basically loves front runners the, the the city loves front runners that's why they love the caps if the caps were the Dallas Stars right now and they were on the fringe of making the all-stars or not the all-stars the uh the playoffs and they made a run last year uh and and got to the Stanley Cup and other years they haven't been that great and they've had down years and this and that I mean I know a lot about the Dallas Stars because my buddy's a Dallas Stars fan he's frustrated all the time do we want to have that team in this city? No. The Caps have been front runners for a very long time because they had one of the best, if not the best, goal scorer in the eternity. So right. you're just looking at this team that has Juan Soto, that has Josh Bell, Kiebert Ruiz, uh, Victor Robles possibly, uh, and some <laughs> other guys that might be coming up in, in, in a guy like Luis Garcia, maybe Carter Keeboom. We'll see if he actually resurfaces at some point. Mm-hmm. Overall, when you're looking at this team, this fan base has to understand that you want to root for the team, but what you're really rooting for are for the prospects that we got last year to do very, very well and to actually prove themselves on this club in a starting lineup. 
You're also hoping that the guys that we picked up in free agency, like a Nelson Cruz, so on and so forth, perform so Mike Rizzo can actually get something for him. We don't want the 10th prospect in the Dodgers organization. We don't want the 15th prospect in the Phillies organization just to deal Nelson Cruz. Okay, We want him to go out there and play really well so we can actually deal him for the third prospect in the Padres organization or wherever it may be. Because now with the universal DH, he can go anywhere. It's not just the AL teams. So that's the biggest thing is you're rooting for the young guys like Josiah Gray and Kiebert Ruiz, Lane Thomas, those type of guys, to do very well and prove themselves in this town where everyone can actually know their name now that they're new in this area. But you're also trying to root for the old-timers like Nelson Cruz and so on, so even a Josh Bell, even though Josh Bell's not that old. Yeah. Uh, but you're looking for those guys to go out there and hit some boppers because of the sole fact that you want to possibly deal them, even though I like Josh Bell. I think Josh Bell could stick around for a while. I just yeah, think that we you, wish, but yeah, yeah but I you, think he but, might be uh, similar to Nelson Cruz, where we might not see him as a Washington National in the second half of the season. Exactly, and that's my point: is that you want two things: you want to root for the young guys to do well and prove themselves in this town, and then you're also rooting for the older guys, like I said, like Nelson Cruz, to go out there and do something to try to get more prospects back. Because face it. Even with Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, if, if he does well, and then we got Josiah Gray, obviously, even if these guys do really well, this team ain't going to do anything. Right now yeah. they're projected yeah. to have like 72 wins. So right. you have to go out there and lower the expectations and just enjoy watching baseball at this point because this team is right now in the situation the Phillies were about six, seven years ago when they had to move on from Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins. They had to move on from Cole Hamels, all those guys. Okay. We're in that situation now where we got prospects. We just need to make sure they prove themselves in this town and start trying to influx without going so low down to the Orioles level and the Padres level a few years ago. We don't want to go that low. We want to make sure we stay kind of on the surface, but we're not going to go too much. But we want to stay on the surface where we got some guys. Let's just try to fill out the roster and see who's going to prove themselves so then the roster starts to be uh, become something more in the next year or two. As a sports fan, this is not a bad place to be. No expectations and ver exactly. or very low expectations. It's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, think about where we've been with this team the past couple of years since the World Series in 2019 where suddenly we had monster expectations and they kept falling below. And last year, going into last season, we thought, hey, maybe this team has another shot at winning a title because you had Trey Turner and Max Scherzer and all these guys. And then look what happened. So it's not a bad place to be to have these low expectations and, hey, they win one out of every couple, you know, three games or so. Okay, we had fun. We got to watch a win or whatever. Or you go to the ballpark with low expectations. It's not a bad thing. Again, I've been this with the Tigers for the last five years. They've been terrible. Right. And I don't go into the season with high hopes and expectations because I know that they're going to be bad. It, it's it, As a fan, as a sports fan, the way to go into this is just saying, like, hey, I don't expect this team to do anything. And so that way, if they do, like, let's say they don't finish in last place in the NL East, that's a win. That's a win for this team because they're expected to be so bad. And you're talking about the predicted standings. I mean, Fangraphs has them right now at 73 and 89. They're in last place in the NL East. Um, they've got the Braves, Mets, Phillies, then the Marlins um, as uh, before the Nats as far as the possible standings go. And obviously, this is all projections and predictions, and nobody really knows. But um, you know, if you judge by that, then yeah, you you think the Nats are going to have a pretty bad year. Uh, so. 
I think anybody that shows any sign of promise of being good or having a good season that isn't a young guy is likely going to be dealt. Like you look at the bullpen, a lot of those arms are were brought in to see if they can put something together for the first half, and if they're good enough, they're going to go to a contender in the second half, and maybe you pull a couple prospects away for that. So I expect this team to be very active at the trade deadline, selling off more and more pieces that showed right. anything. Yep. Josh Bell could be gone. Nelson Cruz could be gone. I mean, the guys we know that are going to still be here in this lineup are the guys you talked about earlier. Juan Soto, Victor Robles, Lane Thomas, Kiebert Ruiz. Any of those other names could be gone. Like, this could be a completely different lineup in the second half of this year. So don't get too attached to any of those names that aren't those guys. And if you're a Nats fan, just root for Juan Soto. Like, that's the guy you want to root for. He's the MVP guy. And and that's the thing is I I want everyone out there to understand this year and possibly next year is going to be the the main, or I should say, I should should revert this, okay? I, I started saying something else. Fans out there should understand that this year and next year are going to be, I love to watch baseball. Not, yeah. I love to watch the Nats go out there and, and, and make it to the NLDS and, and <laughs> right, have a right. crazy Michael Taylor home run. Literally, these next two seasons, at least, if not maybe three, are going to be watch the prospects, trust Mike Rizzo, trust the process in this situation. By the time Juan Soto is up for his contract, we're going to hopefully sign him and, and be ready to rock for the next better. Decade. The problem is, just like you mentioned, we have been in we can't wait for the playoffs mode for the last basically decade. Because last year, yeah, we had Max, we had Strasburg, we had Trey Turner, we had Juan Soto, we have all these guys that can be, you know, uh, I guess you could say catalyst to a World Series run. But the problem is, ever since 2012, when we had that whole entire thing with Drew Storen and all those guys <laughs> messing up the, you know, he had a 0 and two count and ended up right. walking a guy, all, all that kind of stuff. Ever since that year, the 2012 year, where we exceeded expectations, we were going crazy. We thought we beat the Cardinals in the NLDS, but we ended up having literally nine to ten seasons here, where besides the the World Series run, which honestly no one really thought we were going to make the World Series, we just got on a heck of a run in the playoffs, and we ended up winning. But those nine or ten seasons, everyone was just pumped up and, and gravitated towards this team. You're talking about a 10-year-old who's now 20 years old who hasn't experienced since he was in elementary school a situation like this. Now he's graduated from high school that hasn't experienced a situation with the Nationals that have been a re- rebuilding process. And we're going to keep repeating this throughout the season that these fans need to calm down, check right. yourselves on Twitter, check yourselves <laughs> on social media. Don't sit there and say, fire Mike Rizzo, you know, all this kind of stuff. That's that's what everyone was saying last year when they dealt Max Scherzer and then they dealt Trey Turner. All that. Look what that happened. Trey Turner, Max Scherzer went to the Dodgers. Did they win? No. So you're looking right. at it right now and saying, Max Scherzer on a different team. Trey Turner's still on that team, but Max Scherzer on a different team. It's not like pieces don't move around when they get a little older. And right now, that's what they're trying to do is that's the plan right now is to hopefully have Josh Bell, Nelson Cruz, some of these guys go off to the point where maybe Mikel Franco can go off or something like that. We deal him back to the Phillies or something, and then he sucks again. Okay, <laughs> right, right. I'm hoping that happens. But uh, at the same time, we just need to make sure that we pump the brakes on social media Watch this team, enjoy baseball, go to the game, support the team, get a hot dog, go get yeah, a bottle. Go buy head. a $10 beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what, the, the Beltway Burger Pack is the best deal that they have. But you, just, I'm just saying, we, I think right. we paid 20 bucks for an outfield seat, a burger, and a beer. That was unbelievable. 
But you have to go there and just enjoy baseball because just enjoy the sport. You're not going to have all these guys that are in suits there saying like, man, I can't wait to go to the Nats game. Haven't been one in five years. You know, I got these tickets from from the office. Like, okay, <laughs> that those guys go there and they say, man, this team sucks, even though they can't name four of the five uh, top guys on the team. So it's yeah. like you're looking at that, and I'm just saying pump the brakes a little bit, go into the season, enjoying baseball, and try to root for the younger guys. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's all the season's going to be. Uh, a quick look around the division, as I mentioned, some of the potential uh, projected standings, just in case you know you're under a rock and you missed out on some of these. Uh, so the Braves, who are right now projected to be top of the division, um, you know they still have a lot of the guys that you know of. Ronald Acuna, of course, he's hurt to start the year, but he'll be back. Uh, Eddie Rosario, Ozzy Albies, their big acquisitions, Matt Olson, who they got in a trade with Oakland. Um, you know, they still have Austin Riley and Marcelo Zuna, a lot of good guys there. Freddie Freeman um, gone, though. Freddie Freeman that. gone. Big, big, definitely a big loss there. Um, pitching wise, they still have Max Freed. Um, they got Charlie Morton. Uh, they acquired Kenley Jansen, their closer now, um, who obviously you know him from the Dodgers if you watch baseball. So that the Braves, definitely real solid lineup. Uh, the Mets, a lot of the names we know, they're, new, uh, they're notable new guys Starling Marte, uh, Eduardo Escobar. Um, Mark Hanna, uh, and then, of course, our guy, Max Scherzer. So now you've got a pitching rotation with potentially Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. Of course, DeGrom's hurt for the first month, which happened the day after I picked him for fantasy baseball, Mike. <laughs> so what about great. Noah Syndergaard? Is Noah Syndergaard still still? No, okay? he's in, he's on the Angels now. So he's, he's yeah, he's in uh, Los Angeles. So no Syndergaard, but they have... Yeah, Scherzer, of course, Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco. Um, so they've got some pitching there. Right now they're projected to be in second in, in the NL East. On the Phillies side of things, their big acquisitions, Nick Castellanos, uh, they signed him as a free agent. Uh, and if you go back and look at his stats, I mean, the guy basically had a similar season to Bryce Harper, and Bryce Harper won the MVP, and now they're both playing on the same he team. Was on the, he was on the Reds, though, right? On the Reds, yeah, bad yeah. Reds team. Um, well, great American ballpark is not he pretty hitter-friendly park anyway. Sure, too. sure, for sure. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, they signed as a free agent. Uh, they still have JT Romuto, Reese Hoskins, Gene Segura. Uh, Pitching-wise, they've got Aaron Nola still. They uh, traded for Kyle Gibson last year. Uh, they have Zach Wheeler. So pretty decent squad there in Philly, too. I mean, uh, Castellanos and Harper being right there in the lineup together, that's pretty nasty. I mean, that's a that's a pretty crazy combo. And then you throw Schwarber in there, who's likely to hit, you know, 30 bombs or something in the season. So Philly might be fun. Uh, the Marlins, a lot of guys that you probably don't know if you're a casual baseball fan. Uh, Jazz Chisholm Jr., who's one of my favorites young guys, uh, only 24 years old. Uh, he'll be leading off for the Marlins. Uh, Jorge Soler is on the team now. Um, kind of a nice pickup for them. Avisael Garcia, uh, they signed him as a free agent. They got uh, Mike's favorite catcher, Jacob Stallings, from the Pirates. They traded uh, for him last year. Um, and then they've got, you know, Jesus Aguilar, uh, you know, guys like that. And then pitching-wise, though, the guy that's the stud of their staff is Sandy Alcantara. He is a legit starter, um, and so we'll get to see him pitch against the Nats. Besides that, Pablo Lopez, pretty good there, too. Um, so, yeah, you look at this, this division, Mike, the Nats predicted to be at the bottom – it kind of makes sense. I mean, when you look at some of those other rosters, like I, I don't see the Nats roster being better than, especially not those top three. The Marlins is a little bit of a toss-up. I mean, you could say the Nats 
have I think the thing is the Marlins are kind of where the Nats would want to be like next year or the year after where the Marlins young pieces that they got for being terrible forever have finally started to grow up a bit and started to get better and better like Alcantara like uh you know Jazz Chisholm and things like that so the the Marlins are kind of where the Nats want to be <laughs> like in a year and, and and that's the biggest thing is that the Nats they got enough prospects right now to fill out at least half a roster the biggest deal, I think, was Josiah Gray. I'm a huge Josiah Gray mark ever since last right. year, seeing his stuff. I think with the offseason with the Nats and a full season this year, I think that he's going to start moving into that possibly second role uh, in the rotation at some point. Sure. Uh, but my biggest thing is, you know, you got some good cornerstones right now alongside of Juan Soto. So I think that, you know, and I'm not going to say they have, you know, the cornerstones like I did a couple of years ago when I said, oh, you got Trey Turner, Victor yeah. Robles. I'm yeah. not going to say it like that. Man, really, but, the, the, there were some cornerstones, man, if you remember. I mean, Anthony Rendon and Trey Turner could right. have been your left side of your infield for the next decade, and that, that no, no longer, no yeah. longer. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is you're looking at, at this roster right now and – you know, as you said, Fangraphs is predicting them at 73 wins. I projected them uh, on a different site. I forgot which one it was at 72 wins. So they're around that low 70s mark, which I believe, which we'll get to the questions here in a little bit with the crystal ball. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be possibly a little bit better than 70 wins. I don't think they're going to get below 70 because it's going to be hard to go out there and, and lose a ton of games, close to 100 games when you have a guy like Juan Soto on the team. We'll find out. Guys. But <laughs> we'll overall, find out. I, I think you're right, though. I think – Around the 500 mark or so is what the Nats want to be at least next year. Uh, right. Because, again, like you mentioned, at the trade deadline, we're probably going to be dealing and wheeling, dealing and, and stealing and different things like that. <laughs> All the Elons. Uh, and we're going to be doing a lot of different things uh, during the trade deadline. So we'll have to see what happens uh, this year. But this year is more of a developmental year, as we talked about before. It is time to consult huh. our crystal ball as we give you our predictions here. For 2022, for the Washington Nationals. I'll start off here with one that's not just the, for the Nats. It's for the rest of the league as well, Mike. Your 2022 NL MVP. Right now, Juan Soto has the best odds at plus 280, uh, followed by Acuna plus 700, Harper plus 900, Mookie Betts at plus 900. Do you believe Juan Soto is our 2022 NL MVP? I do not. I believe uh, that just thinking about it over the last maybe you know, 37 seconds, uh, I'm going to go with Bryce Harper. I think Bryce Harper uh, is going to be the M NL MVP mainly because of what you said. Castellanos on their team now. Uh, the, the weak pitching, the up and down pitching, you might say, for the Nats and for the Marlins. Um, and you never know if DeGrom and Scherzer are going to stay healthy the entire year. So overall, you're seeing all these teams in our division go against Bryce Harper, a lefty, and think, hmm, is he actually going to go out there and just rake now that he has Schwarber, Castellanos, all these guys protecting him, Reese Hoskins. Right. He's got a nice, definitely some protection. There. I think he's got some protection, and I honestly think that the pitching in the NL East is going to be pretty weak this year. Uh, and bar any injuries, even weaker. So I'm going to go with Harper, uh, mainly because of the sole fact that Juan Soto does not have the protection that Bryce Harper does. So he's going to get a lot of walks, as you mentioned, off air. Yeah, and I, and I agree with that, a lot of what you're saying. Um, I just think that somehow Juan Soto is going to find a way. I think the league is finally taking full notice of him, and they're gonna be, there's going to be a microscope on him all year long. And he seems to live up to all that expectations. He could have been in the MVP race last year. 
So I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes to Juan Soto winning the NL MVP. All right. Now let's get into some over-unders here. Uh, Nationals win. So it sounds like you kind of already gave your thoughts on this as far as over-under 70 wins. I believe you're taking the over here. I am taking the over uh, just slightly. I think it's going to be in between 72 and 75. Um, but I'm going to go with the over, and I might put a little coin on this just so I have a season sweat with the Nats. There you go. I'm going under. I'm I, I'm just telling you, the Nats are going to be bad. They're going to be so <laughs> bad. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and just put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to say they're going to lose. Uh, they're going to lose more than uh, – or they're going to have fewer than 70 wins. That's what do I'm you, trying do to you say. Re- but do you really think that they can get under 70 wins when you see a team like the Orioles, who don't have an MVP candidate on their team, get around 65 wins for the most part? Yes. I fully okay. believe that. There I it fully is. Believe that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Josiah Gray. Here's some uh, – some. these are some projected numbers, and we're going to give our over-under here. Um, so is he going to have a lo- – this is really more like lower or higher for, for ERA, but is, is uh, Josiah Gray's ERA 4.55 ERA? Do you think he's going to have a better or worse ERA than that? I think lower, mainly because last year his biggest thing was uh, lower or under, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think because last year, most likely uh, the biggest culprit, I should say, is Josiah Gray's second or third time through the rotation. His first and a half, like one and a half times through the rotation, he was doing really well. And I, mean, I think he really only got in trouble around the sixth inning. So honestly, when it comes down to that, they don't want to mess up his confidence, so they might keep him to about five, six innings uh, and not try to get that ERA up there because it's going to look bad uh, for him going into his first full season as a Nat and getting over a 4-5-5. It's not that hard to get a 4-2-3 uh, ERA as a guy who has his type of skill set. I'm going over because of this. He his, his main struggle, and we're seeing it in spring training, and we saw it last year, he gives up the long ball. Uh, true, and that was true. that was a Max Scherzer thing too, um, and obviously he's Max Scherzer Hall of Famer, so like that that's not a bad problem to have. But Josiah's, Josiah Gray's not quite there yet, and he still gives up the home run ball. He can be pitching well, but still give up a home run here or there, and that's my only worry with the ERA. Uh, so I'm gonna go over the four four point five five. I would love if he goes under, but I'm gonna go over here. Juan Soto home run projection. So right now they have him projected at 35. I'll go first here. Um, I am going to say whew, this is a, this is kind of an interesting one because yeah, 35. Because he, I was, I was looking at his numbers earlier because I don't think he's ever hit. Has he, he hit? He's, over he's he's been in between 30 and 40 like almost every single year. I think right. one year he so might have had 28. He's like right around there. Yeah, 22, 34. Short season, 13, 2021, 20, 29. So his best season was 34 in 2019. Uh, do I want to go over here? Why not? I'm going over. Why not? A good, healthy, full season out of Juan Soto, he gets over 35 bombs. I'm definitely going under, uh, mainly for the sole fact that, like I said earlier, I think that he's not going to get a lot of pitches because some of these teams are going to say, true. all right, we need to That's take an easy two out of three games against the Nats, and we're not going to have one. So it's going to be uh, similar to the Bryce Harper situation with the Cubs years ago where they walked him like 11 out of 15 at-bats because they knew Ryan Zimmerman couldn't do right, it. So right, I'm going right. to go with the under mainly because, again, I think Juan Soto is going to be limited in a lot of these games. All right, our guy, Victor Robles, 236 batting average, over or under 236, Mike? 
You know what? I, I'm gonna take the over. Oh I, wow! I, I, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna be bold and take the over mainly for the sole fact that if he doesn't go over 236, even though 236 is kind of what we've been talking about, saying we hope and pray we he love actually 236. gets 236. <laughs> I'm hoping that if I'm gonna go with it and say if he doesn't get if he goes under 236, he might be dealt at the de- at the trade deadline yeah. uh, because we don't want a situation where he goes out there, even though he is better than Carter Keyboom in the field. We don't want a situation like Carter Keeboom where we could have got a lot of prospects for the guy and we end up just holding on one season too long and then we, we get screwed by it. So I'm going to go over. I'm going to be bold. All right. I'm definitely going under. No chance. I mean, this guy's going to hit 210. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll, we'll run through these last three real quick. Nelson Cruz homers. Now, this is tough because, again, the ideal scenario would be he'd hit and do well enough to leave the Nationals. But right. we'll say this is for the full season, regardless of if he's wearing a Nats uniform or not. 33 home runs, Nelson Cruz. Over or under? Uh, if he and so that we're gonna say that this is actually if he stays with the Nats the entire year, uh, we're, no full season regardless. Full season if he regard- stays with the Nats, I'm gonna yeah. say over mainly for the sole fact that I think he gets dealt and he's gonna be on a team that has weapons that is going for a World Series. Yeah, I'm definitely saying over as well. I think this is the one thing that Nelson Cruz does these days is hit home runs, and with the universal DH, he doesn't have to worry about anything else, just yep. going out and hitting bombs. Patrick Corbin ERA four point one six. I'm going to take the under here. I'm going to say this is my prediction is Patrick Corbin has a great season and puts together finally after two years of just dog ass. Uh, I think he's going to finally put to get put it all together here in this year. And he's going to have like a 3.75 ERA or something, something sub four. So I am right on the nose with you. I said exactly that in my head. 3.75 or so. <laughs> uh, I think he's actually going to have a a. Great season for a bad team. So right. when it comes down to that, your ERA is mainly going to go up because you're trying too hard sometimes. Uh, but I think under four for him, having a last couple seasons not be that great, I think under four for him is going to be a great season. And then Annie Ball Sanchez, 4.92 ERA, hammer the over. The guy throws frisbees down the plate, and these guys are killing. They're killing him in spring training. They're kill, they, they, I mean, he has not been an effective pitcher since 2019, really, with the Nats in that World Series run. Hammer the over 4.92 ERA, Mike. Yeah, I'm gonna go over as well, uh, mainly for the sole fact that yeah, 2019 was a few years ago, and he was kind of on his way out of the league at that year. That's we just picked him up, kind of to be our fifth starter. How is starter. he back? Uh, we have back? no one else. Uh, we have Eric Fetty. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, when you're pitching in front of Eric Fetty, that's not a really good sign for Eric Fetty. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna hammer the over too. I think he's gonna get probably a five or a six somewhere in the middle there. Because his stats right now in spring training have got to be atrocious atrocious uh i don't have them in front of me right now but i'm pretty sure okay let me see mlb here we go 2022 yeah 14.21 era in in just a couple games so that's over 4.92 yeah i think you got to hammer the over that's your (laughs) crystal ball predictions we'll see how these go throughout the season we'll keep them uh locked and loaded on our on our uh, sheet here uh so we'll definitely uh be updating throughout the year Let's move into the final lap, a chance to go over some big stories in sports besides D.C. Here we go. Starting off with the national championship game, Mike, UNC, Kansas tonight. I won't ask you to give your pick because we're going to do that. Or actually, you didn't do a, a national championship pick. Nope. I did one. So who you who do you have in the national uh, championship? I, I'm going to go with Kansas Moneyline on this one. I think the four is 
easily doable for Kansas, but UNC, for some reason, Caleb Love, or I think his name is Caleb, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Caleb Love. It's, it was, someone said it wrong the other day, and I was like, wait a second, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, you know, he, he might get on fire just to try to keep him in the game, but I don't think Baycott can deal with the bigs of uh, Kansas. So I'm going to go with Kansas money line on this one. Kansas is definitely the way to go. South Carolina women's team beats UConn 64-49 in the women's national championship. They finished their season 35-2. and yeah, I was going to bet on this game just for fun. Uh, I did not. But South Carolina, I mean, where did UConn go? I mean, they, they, they've they gotten beat now by South Carolina, I think, two straight times by double digits. That's pretty bad. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awful. Uh, Tiger Woods right now, Mike, a game-time decision on returning to the Masters. Will your boy be playing in Augusta? I got confirmation today that he is playing Confirmation. Augusta. From, from, my, from my sources. From your sources. All right, T. Woods playing in Augusta. Uh, right now, the ESPN Power Rankings for Major League Baseball came out. They have the Dodgers as first place in the Power Rankings. The Orioles are in 30th. Any surprises there? Uh, the surprise that the Orioles still have a Hall of Fame broadcasting crew and they're always last in the Power Rankings for the most part. I just don't get it. I mean, I don't know how we had, like I said earlier, a decade of, you know, competing and all that stuff. And we still have Bob Carpenter and FP Santangelo, even though FP is gone now. I, right. I mean, I don't know. The Orioles, man, I, I feel bad for them. They got one of the best ballparks in, in all of baseball, and, and they just can't get it together. But the Orioles do have one bright spot, and that's Adley Rushman whenever he makes his debut. He's True. not breaking True. camp with the team to start the year, so I don't know when, when we're going to get to see him play. Uh, let us hit up some trivia here. Let us. see DC trivia question as well as the Detroit sports trivia question of the episode. Why don't you go first today? You know what? I'm, I'm going to go first. Um, All right. Go, why don't you go first? Here? Yeah, I'm going to go first on this one. Okay, here we go. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to go with this Caps question. I actually went through like four or oh five boy. of these cards uh, because all of them were about the Senators back in like the 1920s. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was like, well, he wasn't alive then. No. Um, so here we go. Though born in the Soviet Union, what nation did Caps great Peter Bondra represent in the 1996 World Cup of Hockey and both the 1998 and 2006 Winter Olympics? So it's not the USSR, Soviet Union, whatever right, you want to call right, them. Right. So right. that's that's uh, you know that's a big player in the hockey world that's gone. Right. Should, should, do you want me to give you a hint about the nations that are the best in hockey? Well, I know, like what, like Sweden's really good in hockey. True. Uh, and Bondra doesn't really give you a great, right. <laughs> great Switzerland. Clue. I feel like is pretty good in hockey, right? Swiss, they're all right. Uh. Obviously, U.S., Canada, yeah, yeah. Slovakia. There's another team that I'm thinking of. Um, not Croatia. Czech Republic. Czech Republic. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, I honestly have no idea. So I'm going to. It's one of those ahead. that we mentioned. Right, right, right. That's why I figured. Bondra. Bondra. Um, Peter. Yeah, yeah, Peter, yeah, good old Peter. Peter Parker. Peter Parker. I'll, I'll go ahead and th- shout out to my wife's side of the family. I'll go ahead and throw out Croatia. Croatia. You know what? I actually thought that was Croatia was a good team. I'm not sure if they are. But oh, okay. I'm gonna. It, that is is wrong. But they had similar, wrong. Okay. similar colors. Similar colors on the flag. Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. From the flag. <laughs> uh, is it uh, 
Slovakia. Slovakia, yes. Let's see, I, I had it the whole way. I had it the That's whole crazy, way. though. Peter Bondra from Slovakia. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Good for Pete. Good for yeah, PB. Good, good PB. Um, PB all right, my question for you, Hit Michael. Me. Um, so I have two questions. I'll ask you the first one, then I'll throw you the second one just for fun. Um, all right. <laughs> this is. Uh, let's see if you get this. What Tigers mascot made his debut? Current mascot made his debut in 1995. What is the Tigers mascot called? Oh, man. <laughs> Starts with T, doesn't it? It does not. Ah, damn. It's one of those things, like, you start thinking about it, you're like, I don't know who the other team's mascots are. Like, who who's the Marlins mascot? Like, I have no idea. But maybe, I don't know. Let's see if you can get this. I will say it does have to do with a tiger. It doesn't start with a T, but it does, like, it has to do with that realm. It's not something, like, completely weird. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to throw out this. Uh, stripes. That's not a bad guess. It's actually <laughs> paws. Pause. Pause. Stripes, though, it's not a not a bad guess, honestly. Uh, and then the fu- the question for fun, you probably know this. In 2008, what Lions quarterback accidentally ran out of his own end zone Harrison. for safety? Joey, Joey Harrison. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. No, oh, Dan Orlovsky. Yes, yeah. I, kn- I knew you knew this. Sorry. <laughs> yes, Orlovsky. <laughs> that's like one of his most famous moments. Thank you. That, thank you. Thanks, Regis, for holding me off the same final answer. Yeah, exactly. And now Orlovsky's all over the NFL, like, as far as, like, commentating and stuff and, like, doing all the ESPN, like, analyst stuff. It's kind of no wild. One, no one ever talks about him running out of the end zone. Yeah. The yeah. best part was that the refs like blew the whistle and he was like, what? What? Yeah, he, he didn't know what he did. It's like, what are you talking about? Um, let's hit up the money line sponsored by DraftKings. Give our picks here. Um, we'll start with my lock. I agree with you. I think Kansas is going to take this one tonight, and I have them in this one. Uh, four point favorites. I. I don't know if I love the four points. I would maybe buy uh, an extra point or something like that, get it down yeah. to three. Uh, but, you know, I, I think Kansas will take this. Uh, and then I got some Masters talk. Mike, I'm going Justin Thomas, JT. JT. Yeah. He's won five, has five straight top 25 finishes at Augusta. He loves the course. And I'm going to give him uh, that plus 1,400. I'm going to say he's going to win the Masters this weekend, Mike. I I love JT, honestly. JT is always one of the funnest ones to watch because he is – he just has a, such a smooth swing to the point where, like, he if he when he's on, he's on. Like he'll yeah. he'll he'll string together six birdies in a row in a second. So, you know, obviously Augusta is not a huge distance course. So even though he can hit the distance, it's, it's not really going to matter in that situation. But yes, I actually believe Kansas as well. I'm going to take them minus two and a half tonight. That's not one of my picks, obviously. But I'm going to like the that, minus two and a half. I like I'm, I'm going to do that in a same game parlay. I'm going to do an alternate line. But besides the point. My picks of the week, my lock, Tiger makes the cut. Tiger's going right. to make the cut. He's going to come back, make gonna the make cut. make it to the weekend. Okay. I don't I don't believe he's going to make a return at Augusta and miss the cut and everyone's going to be like, "Oh, well, he's good thing he's back in golf." You know, like right, no, right. no, I think he's going to go out there, make the cut. Not going to contend, I don't believe, uh, but I think he's going to make some waves and get a couple like crazy good shots in there or whatever sure. where he bends the oh, ball. Oh, I mean, when Tiger's playing, uh, you know, it will be viral. Whatever he does on the course will be well, viral. Once again, again, it's not going to be a huge distant course uh, for him, so it's not going to be like he's going to have to bomb it out there with some of these yeah. guys. Uh, but my dog is Victor Hovland. I love Victor Hovland's game. Uh, you know, he's, he's such a young guy, and he just likes to go out there and playing golf and having fun. He's always smiling all the time. I mean, even in that whole uh, – I think it might have been last year where he, he got like an eight on the last hole of the, of, the, of the round when he was like tied for second or something like that. 
Um, uh, he was still smiling and stuff like that. Uh, but I think Victor Hovland, top five, plus 400 in this one. Top five, I'm going to go with him. So I'm not going to go with the winner because the winner's always wishy-washy. You're going to have like a yeah, Cam Smith come in, in the there. Year. You never know. You're going to have a weird person come in there and somehow do something. But I'm going to go right. Victor Hovland, top five, plus 400. Pretty good odds for him. Because probably who's like the predicted winner right now? Scotty Scheffler? John, or, or well, Scott, Scotty Scheffler's on a hot streak, so he is actually second right now in the favorites. Okay. But John Rom is, I think it's Rahm. John yeah. Rom uh, for the winner, is, I think it's plus 900. Uh, right. So J- JT, I believe, is is uh, tied for third. Where's my uh, boy Marikawa? Morikawa. Wait, what was what was the first? Guy I said? said it wrong. I said I know Colin Morikawa. Uh, there Colin, we go. Colin Morikawa. I think he was he wasn't too far down the list. Right. Um, I, 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 I do like it. What I well before I'm bringing up the thing right now. But when I see um, the make miss cut situation, uh, my my one bet that I want to do is Bryson DeChambeau missing the cut. Uh, yeah, that's that's, my, that's my biggest one. Uh, right now Morikawa is plus two thousand uh, for the okay. top winner. So right okay. now he is he is uh, tied with Rory. And uh, and Kepka, Rory's and not going to win it. All. Also, Kepka's Xander not going to win it. And yeah. Xander Shoffley and Victor Hovland, actually, all okay. five of them have the same odds to win. Uh, but the one thing that I think is going to be crazy is, like I said, when Cam Smith came on the scene a couple of years ago at the Masters and whatnot, or two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. You know, th- that's something that's going to probably happen this year. You might see a guy like Will Zalatoris make a make, make a run. Uh, the young guy, the blonde guy, uh, Hideki Matsuyama. I don't know why he is. Uh, is that high in the in the, in the standings? I think last year was kind of an anomaly for him, but you might see guys like that, like uh, you know, uh, an old guy like Louis Oosthuizen somehow come in there. True, Dan- true. Dan- Daniel Daniel Burger King come in there. That's last name in the game, um, Oosthuizen. Yeah, so you might see one of these guys that comes out there and, and makes some waves the last couple rounds. Uh, but overall, I think that we got some good picks where you got JT winning the Masters and I got Victor Hovland to get top five plus four hundred. Love the Masters. Masters weekend is one of you. You don't have to watch all the other. BS tournaments throughout the year, but the one you always got to keep your eye on as a casual golf fan. Masters week, baby. Masters week. Masters week. Opening day week. National championship. Great time to be a sports fan. Great time to listen to this podcast. We appreciate you joining us on this episode here. As we talked about earlier, go follow us on TikTok, um, which, uh, again, that's what? DC underscore crossover underscore podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, lot underscore, lot underscore, underscore. underscore. <laughs> uh, you can follow the show on there. Go ahead and just uh, you know throw us some likes and some follows on TikTok. Uh, of course, with the podcast, subscribe to the show. Uh, follow, uh, download the Contender app, Contender with a K. You can listen to the show, stream ours and, and other shows as well. Um, and follow us on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16. And that about does it. It's going to be next week's episode is going to be wild because we're going to get to talk about all this stuff with opening day and masters and all this stuff. It's going to be so much fun. Glad to have you with us. We will see you next week. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover.